evening. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good and night. And good night. This is season three. Behind the scenes of our best days. And, I'm Arvin. Uh, yes. And I am also Arvin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's going to get so old. By season 18, you're going to be like, are they still doing the same sure. jokes? You better believe it. You better believe it. We paid it. good money for these jokes. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we make billions. So... Anyways, for those of you who are just joining us within um, season three, maybe you saw it promoted somewhere or whatever, or maybe uh, someone told you about it. So this is behind the scenes of our best days. And the whole purpose of this podcast is throughout life, we all want best days. We all post our best days on social media. Yeah. um, And we see other people's best days. Yeah. But we're here to talk about the behind the scenes of those best days that are being posted, the best days that you want, the best days that you see of others. Is it because there's a behind the scenes of everything? That's right. Me and Arvin, we have the honor to work and serve here at Victory within the creative department. That's right. Yeah. So we get to see a lot of behind the scenes, whether it's with conferences, productions, sermons, services, Mm. um, you know, TV shows and editing and all those types of things. Right. And so, yeah, that's what we talk about. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we both grew up in a very unique context, which a lot of people have, which yes. is a, the world of Christianity, Christendom, faith, church, and we're still involved and we still love it. And that is a unique thing. Yeah, because some people who grow up in it, they do this thing. And this is what we're going to get into today. Mm. They make a vow. Right. V-O-W. Yeah. May I buy a vow? You don't have to buy these. You inherit yeah. these. Okay? <laughs> Inherited vows. Inherited vows. Yeah. You make a vow yeah. subconsciously. Right. Like, let's say you grow up and you're is, and there's this whole like thought of like a pastor's kid. Uh-huh. So both of us Big are time. PKs, right? Yeah, for sure. We, and, and you're like, oh, these pastor's kids are the worst, like literally a spawn of Satan. <laughs> so I'm not saying I wasn't. I'm right. saying that... We're at the church today, yeah. and we really love yeah. it. Yeah, and which, absolutely. Yeah, so that in itself is a testimony. Totally. But really, it's that PKs don't have an issue with God. They have an issue with how their parents went about preaching or ministering or, sure. or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, um, You know, uh, whether it was the early 90s or 2000s or whatever. Yeah. And so anyways, bring some awareness to these vows. For instance, I'm going to give an example of a personal vow. So sure. yeah. my parents... We literally had, um, my dad got saved whenever he was 18 and like on fire for God. And he grew up in a home where there was like swearing and, you know, there was some drinking and there's mm-hmm. some other stuff. So he swung the pendulum. Mm-hmm. So my dad made a vow of sure. being like, as for me and my house, right. we'll serve the Lord. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's from Texarkana, <laughs> Arkansas, Magnolia. Yeah. So anyway, that was that's not how we really talked. But <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so we grew up and uh, grew up in the early 2000s, late 90s, yeah. and we had just one TV in our house. And my dad didn't want to spend money on like things that were really nice. Yeah. Or um, all of our clothes were bought from Walmart. Nice. So our parents were yeah. like. They started a church, a Bible college, a camp, a dream center, yeah. and a school. Yeah. But yet they were like, we wanna we wanna make sure that we are giving, you know, a lot of money in the offering. Yeah. And so just growing up, I remember being like, Why are we eating ramen noodles for dinner? Yeah, yeah. You know, but I didn't think anything of sure, it. Sure. But my parents, you know, there would be a building campaign and they would give all yeah. of their paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? 
And so I was looking back, I was like, man, I was really grateful for that. But then there were things like my dad would not let us watch. And some of you guys remember this, but you weren't allowed to watch certain things. Totally. Right? Yeah. Like Ninja Turtles, because they came from Ooze, it was reincarnation. <laughs> yeah. X-Men, because they had powers and they weren't angels. Yeah. Then it was witchcraft. Right. Um, Adam's family, they were like yeah. dead. Yeah. Beetlejuice, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a demon. Right. You know? Yeah. Everything that wasn't Christianese or from the Bible, I sure. wasn't allowed to watch. So right. I remember, and I've told this in, in season one, but I remember being in movies and my dad didn't watch movies. I remember being in movies yeah. and multiple times someone would say the word B U T T. Right. Literally, but. Yes. Like, <laughs> I mean, people, I mean, it's like a conjugation, right? right? Yeah. Um, and we would leave the yeah. theater because yeah. my dad was like, as for me and my house, That's right. we'll yeah. serve the Lord. Yeah. And I'm like, I, there would be times I would, I would turn off the lights in my room yeah. and I would go into the closet yeah. and I would just say the word, but 15 <laughs> times because it was the, it was the forbidden fruit. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally the tree in the garden That's of evil. Amazing. Uh, garden, garden of Eden. Of Eden. Yeah, garden yeah. of Eden. Yeah. Was like, yeah. We don't say B-U-T-T yeah. or C-R-A-P yeah. or S-U-C-K. Yeah. And I was like, the fact that you're spelling it yeah. and I'm 17. <laughs> Honest to God. We also had, okay, how many yeah. guys remember the TVs? Some of you who are probably in your 30s yeah. um, or like uh, mid-20s, you remember these TVs that was like an actual box. It wasn't a flat screen. Right. It was no. an actual box. Oh, yeah. It literally took up space yeah. in your living room. Like and the sides of it were wood panels. Right. Yeah. Right? Okay. So our TV was from the 70s, mm. right? <laughs> and so it was the only TV in our house. It was like 16 inches. Yeah. Like the screen, not yeah. really big, sure, you know, and my dad was really against cable because right. that was where the devil lived. Yeah. MTV was trying to yeah. make everyone literally like succubus, like <laughs> the, <laughs> the demon the next generation. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Ruin the next generation. Now I understand my dad, but my dad made a vow of right. being like, yeah, at a certain age right. subconsciously. And, and he would say it as we were growing up. That's how I knew it. Mm -hmm. He'd be like, mm -hmm. when I grew up, fill in the blank mm -hmm, x mm -hmm. y and z yeah and so i made a vow or like so that is why today we do this mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. was his why behind things right yeah so sometimes we grew up and our parents why mm -hmm. behind how they raised us right. was because based on a vow that they subconsciously made mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so i remember being like so upset when friends would come over and i'm you know, a freshman or a sophomore in high school, and they'd be like, why do you literally only have four channels? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because my dad doesn't believe in cable. Right. Sometimes we'd be watching channel two too much or like Fox 23. Yeah. And I would like try to sneak the Simpsons, yeah, which yeah, yeah. was also a, a show from hell. Um, <laughs> but I, I was like, oh, I want, I want right. to see it. Yeah. It made me sneaky. Totally. That's all it did. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't make me a better Christian. Yeah. It made me sneaky. So good at sneaky. Yeah. So how many of you guys grew up and you got really good at sneakiness? I got very good at sneakiness. Right? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. And I and I can't wait to tell you because your dad. Yeah. Okay. Same. Okay. Yeah, hold yeah, on. Yeah. Hold on. All right. We're almost there. We're almost there. So, anyways, so there was even times where my dad put the TV in the closet oh, man. and would unplug it because he was like, "Hey, we're watching it too much." Right. And I was like, "Dad." There's literally nothing to watch. Yeah. So what are we afraid of? Right. You know? Yeah. And all of our VHSs. I, okay. <laughs> this is a really try hard thing. We had no PG movies in our house. Yeah. Because PG was like, 
there yeah. could be a B-U-T-T in right, it. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There could be a S-U-C-K. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember when, anyways. So, in the paper, there, there, would, there would be this thing every Sunday. Yeah. And this was back when people would read the paper. There was this thing called TV World. And on it, it would give you the movies right. that um, were being shown like yeah, that week yeah. on cable. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Grand grand, which is my dad's mother had cable yeah. and I knew <laughs> she did not know what was going on. So while grand grand, I would ask to go over to grand grands and yeah. my dad would be like, I'm so grateful that you're going to go hang out with, with my mom, with, with grand grand. Cause she loves company. And I yeah. go, yeah, 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 yeah. I love her. Love her. <laughs> she would go out in the garden for an hour and yeah. I would just binge BET. Totally. Yes. Literally BET. Yes. That's where, in fact, Later on, yeah. whenever I started dancing, whenever I was literally allowed to dance when I was 21, <laughs> I would go to a dance and people would be like, why do you dance like that? And I realized B that BET shaped me. That's right. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and they were like, bro, why are you dancing like Janet Jackson? <laughs> um, okay. So anyways, besides the point, I would go through this TV world and I would go, okay, Grand Grand, get out your TV world. And I would call her after Sunday at lunch. And I would go, all right, on TBS this week, it is end of days with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> now I need you to record it from this time to this time. And oh, she would boy. go, okay, end of days, what is that about? And I was like, it's like a, a revelation movie. Yes. And I would lie to yeah, Grand Grand. Totally. And oh, so Grand gosh. Grand, the only way, I then Grand Grand, I would go, now Grand Grand, I'm gonna come to your office on Thursday yeah. because, and, and then you'll just have the VHSs. Oh so God. literally like a drug deal, right. Grand Grand would have six VHSs underneath her desk. Oh Me, I, and I would go, could you just put them underneath your desk that way? Cause I knew she worked right next to my dad. Yeah. And I would go in and then with Sharpie, I would write the titles <laughs> of the movies and then I would put them in my room. Amazing. And hide them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then later watch them with commercials. <laughs> and I, just so I could watch just so I knew the the movie The Christmas Story, uh -huh. yeah. because it had swearing in it, right, but it was right. like PG. Yeah, I, that was how I saw it, and okay. I was like, okay, now I know. When everyone says this at school, yeah. now I know. Yeah, you get the Anyways, so I made a vow at that age of being like, I will have a a, a big TV. Yeah, and I remember in college, some of my friends being like, bro, why are you wasting your first paycheck? on a TV, yeah. like you already have one, yeah, you know, and, and it was like this weird ripple effect of right. this subconscious vow that I made a long time ago that right. sounds silly, sure, but I, it's like, okay, how many people are doing that in different areas of life? Absolutely. Shed some more light. Arvin. Absolutely. We were talking about this earlier and the thought occurred to me that like most therapists probably pay their bills because of childhood vows that people Ooh, make. Talk about because it. Because it's like, my version of it was very similar. I got really good at being sneaky. I got really good at hearing footsteps approach my bedroom. So I would change the channel from BET <laughs> well, or MTV. you had a TV in your bedroom? I, I finally, like, because I watched TV incessantly, I would come home from school. And we were an immigrant family, so my parents didn't really understand what I was watching. But uh, I would watch it so much that when they wanted to now as an adult, I'm like, oh, they wanted the sound to be off. So they were like, just get him one in his room and he'll, you know, interesting. Uh, so I had a TV in my room and I would watch it six hours a day. Easy. I'd watch sports. I'd watch beat, I, everything I could. And I, if I was watching something I shouldn't be watching. I would have my finger on the channel changing button, like yeah. you can press last channel, whatever. Yes. So I'd go to ESPN and then I'd go to MTV and I'd just keep my hand on that, it. That same outline. 
guys. How many of you guys listening or watching right now have this same approach? There are these and if like you calluses did it, on the button. Good yeah, for you. Yeah. No, sure. I would love to hear about that experience. Yeah. But yeah, I inherited the idea that um, you have to be very moral and upstanding and correct in your approach to things and outside, you know, don't uh, don't be in the world, but not of the world. And I was like, I'm not even in the world. I want to be in the world. I'm not. I'm not. I want to be. <laughs> and I wanted to understand things because we were immigrants. So I was translating things into English and my sister would do this even more than I because she was older. Um, and so we had adult conversations translating from Farsi or Persian to English and back and forth. So I felt like an adult and then I would go into the real world and people are like, you are eight years old. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to. So I'd go to my friend's houses for sleepovers and stuff and I would want to talk to their moms. Not in a weird way. I'd be like, so what's up? What do you think about this whole thing? The election's coming up. I, I wanted to be an adult. I wanted to be taken seriously. So, <clears throat> and why do you think that is? I just, I wanted, I, I, I was like, I know this stuff. I have stuff to contribute. You guys aren't taking me seriously. I will do everything it takes to be taken seriously. And where you do will, you feel like that came from as like a kid? Well, it was observing uh, people being like, you're a kid. You're, this is how we're going to treat you. You don't get to decide. And it made me so furious. So I was like, I will do everything it takes to have be taken seriously and to be uh, observed. Not because I watched my parents as immigrants. They were so grateful to be in the United States. They to this day, my dad loves this country, all that good stuff. And so I was like, well, I, I want to be taken seriously and I want to contribute and I don't want to be uh, perceived because constantly there were misunderstandings between them and others because of the language barrier. But you mean your parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just like, yeah. I would watch us walk through the lobby of victory or whatever, we, wherever we were at. And they would, my, because my dad was a pastor, plenty of people would recognize him and try to have conversations. And then I'm the one translating. And I even had times where people were talking to my dad and they wanted to bring up something and I'm standing there listening and they would look at me and nicely be like, do you mind if I just talk to your dad for a minute? Like they had something personal going on and I'd be like, yeah, well, you can't talk to him without me because I translate for him. So, so as how old were you when you eight, nine, ten, eight and nine years old, I remember being at word explosion and this guy was telling my dad after a service about the process of grieving his wife. I remember it really specifically. And I stood there and the guy was like, do you mind if I just talk to him? for?" Because he was going through something. And uh, which makes sense that a, a 10 year old kid is not asked to like be involved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was like, no, no, I, I can help. And <laughs> I would translate what he was saying to my dad. And then he would say stuff and I would go, well, I know what to say to this. And I'm trying to tell this 10 year old. It's so embarrassing now. <laughs> I have a picture of me trying to explain my uh, superior faith to John Bevere at like 12 or 13. It's a, Hilarious. yeah, it's from like, I don't know, 2003 or something. I love that. All that to say, I grew up very, very, very focused on like, I will be perceived as. You uh, made a, a vow. Absolutely. Okay. You will take me seriously and I will have something to contribute. But then that turned into control issues because mm. it was like your, uh, I figured out very quickly that if you want Christian people to applaud you and uh, believe that you're a contributor, just be godly. Like raise your hands during worship. I realized in middle school, I went to a Christian school. If I raise my hands during worship, like I've got all these teachers in my pocket. Dang. So I got real sneaky. And by high school, I was really good at it. And then college, thankfully, the mercy of God crushed me like a huge boulder. But uh, I got really good at that. Yeah. Using godliness to um, become powerful. 
Yeah. To feel powerful. And I think that that's what vows end up doing. Right. Is that like whenever we make a vow. So for instance, subconsciously, um, we're in 2022. So if, whether you're listening to this in 2025 or wherever yeah. you're at, you maybe have made a subconscious vow of like, I'm no longer going to eat carbs. Sure. What's unique is like, you're like, because I'm trying to get in shape, I want to look good for the beach in five months. Sure. Or something yeah, like yeah, that. I've heard that a lot. Or um, I'm going to go to the gym. Like I vow to go to the gym mm -hmm. and, and, and we make these, and sometimes, like I said, it is subconscious. Right, right. You don't maybe say it out loud, sure, yeah. but in your mind, you make this vow mm -hmm. and you don't realize that the ripple effect, like there's always a ripple effect to a vow like that. Totally. So for instance, sometimes if you go, I vow to never eat a carb again, well, that's a lot of willpower, yeah, yeah. which you could probably do for a while. Sure. And then you're, whether it's like you're on a trip or something, or maybe you go through a really bad breakup right. or something difficult, the thing that you are resisting the most, mm. it comes in like a flood. Yeah, big time. Yeah, same without, like I've had friends and they're like, I vow to never drink again mm -hmm. because they were alcoholics or maybe they've sure. really um, uh, abused alcohol mm -hmm. in a certain way. Sure. And, and I'm like, okay, hold on instead of vowing because people should on themselves mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you shouldn't should on yourself or should on other people yeah. of oh, i should have done this sure i should have done that yeah. or you say it to someone else you should have right and that's dangerous because whenever you should on yourself mm -hmm. or on others i know that mm -hmm. sounds funny sure. but whenever you do that yeah what happens is there is this unrealistic burden mm -hmm. that if you go Man, especially if it's something intense, having to do with relationships, finances, mm -hmm. or just something personal of, you know, I should have worked out this morning. Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. but you didn't. Mm -hmm. So I would have liked to work out this morning. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out. So it's just those small things of changing. Mm -hmm. It's So it's the same type of a power, only stronger with vows. Mm -hmm. So um, you make a vow, you grow up in an abusive home. Sure. I vow never to abuse my wife the way my dad did, blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure. Right? Yeah. Now, this is just an example. Right. And as you make that vow, it's really, really good. But the thing that you fear the most, it's like the law of attraction, yeah. but the negative way. Right. It actually comes to you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're 37 years old, and something happens outside of your control and you snap. Sure. And then all of a sudden shame sets in. Absolutely. Because with vows comes the opportunity for future shame. Mm -hmm. Wow. Of beating yourself up. Right, right, right. Now, the only way to unbreak a vow is to bring awareness to those things of mm -hmm. the things that you feel ashamed of. Right. Um, things where you feel like you've missed it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, and having empathy, right. because as you have empathy for yourself, you know, behind the scenes, mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, you are operating out of healing, right? As opposed to like operating out of like sheer willpower mm -hmm. or trying to will your way into things. So yeah. I, I know we're getting kind of deep, but um, what we were talking about was uh, the behind the scenes sometimes of sermons. Yeah. Sermons. Uh, now, Again, Pastor Paul, he spoke this past weekend. Yeah. We're in this January series called Closer. Yeah. And he brought up this really great story about, because he's going through the book of Joshua. Yeah. And he brought up this story about Rahab. Right. Um, how he was like the lying prostitute. Yeah. 
and how God utilized a lying prostitute. And Rahab's, that title throughout the book of Joshua, it never changed. It wasn't like, well, Rahab got saved and then mm. the spies. If you, if you don't know the story, read, read it in Joshua. Yeah. Just Google Rahab, the prostitute, book yeah. of Joshua. Yeah. And it's really unique Absolutely. how she was grafted into the family of God. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Also, it's probably one of the best sermons I feel like Pastor Paul's ever preached. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It talks about generational things. Absolutely. Which... We are usually in life, we are living out things that are generationally, um, you know, lived out through us. Yeah, inherited, yeah. So anyways, he's preaching this sermon, and and he just says, God used a lying prostitute to accomplish his will. Mm Mm-hmm. And he just says, put that in your religious pipe and smoke it. And or put that in your religious pipe and vape it. Yeah. Anyways. And 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 he was saying that being comedically funny. Now here's the thing. My dad that we grew up listening to pa- uh, you yeah. know, sermons yeah. for 30 years, yeah. he would have never said that, yeah. and he would have never preached about that. Yes, he would have preached on the grace of God, mm-hmm. and he would have talked about Rahab, mm-hmm. but I think that like at some point, my brother grew up, and this isn't, this isn't my dad's fault. No, you it was know? a different time. It's just, yeah. yeah, it was a different time, right. and today people need a gospel that feels more genuine mm-hmm. and authentic, mm-hmm. so Pastor Paul delivers it that way. Yeah. But we grew up in a way to where God uses people yeah. that wear suits and ties. Right. This is how we grew up uh, late 90s, early 2000s. I know it sounds silly today because people yeah. are popping off as Instagram preachers and yeah. they're wearing like sweats. Sure. Like, I know it sounds silly, yeah. but there was a thing that we grew up in and it was like, yeah. oh, you know, God uses these types of people because they're perfect and they've read their Bible mm. and they pray every day and they right. do these things yeah. and it's their best days. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, behind the scenes in the Bible, it actually talks about how a guy who says it says in the Bible, Peter, mm-hmm. who kind of had an issue with swearing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it said <laughs> he had a revelation when Jesus goes, who do you say I am? Mm. And Peter out of everyone, mm-hmm. not the physician, Mm-hmm. which was Luke. Yeah. Not Matthew, the smart guy with money. Yeah. 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 Peter, the mm-hmm. cussing fisherman. He yeah. goes, you're Jesus, son of God. Yeah. The most high. Yeah. And then Jesus says, I will build my church. And at that point, his name was Simon. Yeah. I'm going to build my church on your revelation, Peter. Right. Yeah. So God utilized him. And yeah. I know a lot of times people preach from the perspective of Peter because a lot of people yeah. um, relate to him. Yeah, yeah, well, same yeah. thing with Rahab. Yeah. It's like people relating to that. Now, I say all that to say is that I think that growing up, and you can hear this in sermons whenever people um, utilize a secular rap beat underneath their Instagram video, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> or, or something like that. They grew up with the only way to impact and preach to people is right. a three point sermon sure. and to wear a suit and tie. Right. Well, the pendulum is swung. And at some point, mm. some of these ministers and speakers probably made a vow of mm-hmm. being like, I'm just going to lean into Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to lean in yeah. to scripture yeah. and Bible and mm-hmm. And then allow the Holy Spirit to do its work. I'm not right. going to limit God to this box of yeah. of these things. So, anyways, vows work in unique ways. Yeah. And we actually base our life like if you go, you know what? I did not have money to go to a Christian school growing up, so I'm going to work three jobs to make sure that my child sure. goes to a Christian school. Sure. That's a vow. Yeah, there it is. And to see the power of it. Yeah. Now, sometimes the ripple effect is 
you stop spending time with your kids because you're working so hard to put them through the Christian school. And so sometimes even though a vow can be great, it can actually have unique negative consequences. Absolutely. So I think it's just bringing awareness to those and being like, okay, God, help me. Mm -hmm. Search me, oh God, and renew my heart. Yeah. And bring remembrance and kind of write those things down. Yeah. You know, uh, like for me, I, I, and this is what I'm currently going through. I'll tell you a current vow. A current mm-hmm. vow was like, um, you know, with, uh, I always felt like we could have done more with our productions whenever I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Whenever mm-hmm. I was a kid, I would remember being in the productions that we do here at Victory. If those of you who are unaware of Victory, Victory sure. does Easter and Christmas and some other creative productions and me yeah. and Arvin write for them. I would watch them and I would go, oh, we could do this and this and this and that. Yeah. And I remember being upset as like a 13 year old and being like, yeah. man, I vow that someday, you know, cause I remember people behind, we were, we were performing a production at the maybe center. Yeah. The maybe center is a large place. It's with Oral Roberts university right across the street. And I heard two people talking backstage and they were AV tech. They were sound men. Yeah. And I heard them say, oh, they do the same production every year. And they're like, it's kind of lame and kind of corny, but you know, at least Christian people like it. Wow. And I heard that when I was 13. Wow. And right then I made a vow of being like, no one will ever say that again about anything wow. that we ever do. Wow. And it has become a unique um, drive, but I don't want that to no longer be my fuel. Yeah. Because guess what? That was when that when, that was mm. when I was 13. I'm 37. <laughs> like I should be past that, right? Wow. But sometimes yeah. whenever, you know, I go, hey, Pastor Paul, what we, we're, we're going to do is we're going to flood the stage with water and we're going to have girls dancing in water. Oh, and yeah. it's going to be resembling the Holy um, Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the beginning of creation where it says the spirit hovered around the waters. And yeah. it's going to be a modern dance with water yeah. and filmed in slow-mo. And all Paul hears is there's going to be girls in water right. dancing slow-mo. <laughs> and he's like, absolutely not. And then that vow yeah. and all of those background things of a 13-year-old yeah. backstage. And when he says, no, we're not going to do that. That sounds inappropriate and right, wild. Right, right. Then all of those feelings come up from whenever I was 13 of being like, then people will think that we don't do cool things. Yeah. And I lash out at Paul. Mm. But really... It is 24 years mm. of this pinup fuel right. that I made a vow a long time ago. Yeah. And yeah. it's really not about the dancing in the water. It's really about these things that I made a vow about yeah. a long time ago. Oh, wow. So currently that's wow. what I'm going through. <laughs> and that's currently something that I'm like, okay, I'm aware of it. Yeah. Now I got to work on my behind the scenes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that way we can always be continually growing and learning. Big time. The tricky thing I think about vows is that the intentions are always good. Ooh, and yeah. It's like, um, as you're talking, I'm thinking about like, you build a house, a beautiful like five-story house, just a huge, like a New York brownstone home. And um, if you build it on a foundation that's in equal, like it's like slanted, you're going to, you put the nicest things in this house, but they're all going to be lost because this foundation underneath your willpower and your vows is a lie that says, unless I make it this way, I'm not worthy of love or I'm not worthy of attention or I'm not worthy of uh, being at peace with myself because it's like 
hey, Arvin, uh, you're not being taken seriously. So I go, okay, I'm, I'm not being taken seriously, which means no one's going to love me, which means no one's going to listen to me. I'm not worthy of anyone's time. So I'll figure out what they want. And if Christian people want godliness, I'll, I'll put uh, the nicest Lamborghini of godliness on the 10th floor, and I will make sure that everyone can see how fantastic I am. Mm. Because deep, deep, deep down, I think that if I don't earn the respect and the awe and the honor of Christian people or just normal people, whoever it is, then I'm not worthy of living a life. So underneath all these beautiful godly scriptures and these great habits that I have is this lie that's like, these things are what make me valuable. And so God's like, I actually need to like get all that stuff removed temporarily so I can fix this core issue. I want to figure out the fact that, hey, you really, did you know, Arvin, that if no one, and this is the where Rahab Mm. comes in, if no one perceives you as godly and no one understands how God's using you, like a lying prostitute, for example, I still see you. I still love you. You think of like Abraham's, uh, when Abram and Sarah are trying to like fulfill God's plan for their life, they harm this young woman, Hagar. And when God chases her down, he goes, I see you. I see you. He doesn't show up to Abraham. He he does that 13 years later. He shows up to Hagar and he goes, uh, I'm the God who sees you. And she goes, oh, okay, then I'm good. I think a lot of people who are in the process of deconstructing or whatever, that's necessary for a time because it's like, for me, my example is during college, God removed the overt godliness I was using to coerce people into admiring me. And he was like, at the core of all this, you're convinced that you have to advertise that you don't watch pornography. You have to advertise that you can preach. You have to advertise that you're a godly person, a godly man, a safe man. I remember in the seventh yeah, grade, uh, I'll be very brief. I remember a, 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 I had a phone for the first time and a rumor went around that I was showing someone uh, porn on my phone. Okay. And all these girls that I was like attracted to, they were like, Arvin's not a safe guy. So I I remember the vow I made in seventh grade where I was like, I'm going to be the most godly man and I'm going to make sure pretty girls see that I'm a safe person to be around because I didn't do it. And I, I pro- you know what I mean? So yeah. I grew up being like, I'm going to equate, this is where, where it's really, really dangerous. It hit me in college. I equated the opinion of a woman I perceived as attractive to tell me how godly I am. So, so, so now every woman that you saw as attractive, if they, which by the way, is so unhealthy, codependent and right. uh, yeah, yeah wild. If, if, so if a, but if a pretty girl real. does not f- like me and want to date me, that means I'm not godly enough. Oh. And so God's like, I got to get all that out of the way. I'm glad that you don't watch porn, Arvin. That's great. I'm glad that you can preach. I'm happy that I gave you that gift underneath it all. That's why you you think you're valuable. Let me take that out of there. We can put all that stuff back. Let's put all that stuff back where it is. That's fine. I love that you're godly. I love that you read the word of God. But let's make sure the motives are good here. So now the vows are God saying, like even Jesus says, don't make a vow. You let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Mm. Because Not because vows are bad, but because God's already made vows to Man, us. Man, praise God. That's genuinely, <sighs> Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Those of you who are listening and watching, I hope I hope you're enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. Same. Like it's yeah. really good. Um in in closing, I think as we see several ripple effects of of things whether it is um a moral 
failure from a famous minister mm. or, or something, you know, you have to remember is that we are all people. Right. And like John Maxwell says, we're all one step away from stupid. Right. Yeah. So like no one has it figured out. Yeah. 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 And if someone is saying that they have it figured out, they're either with the government or they're lying. You know what I mean? Like if anyone's yeah. like, I know what's going on. Right. Then you're like, okay, you're with yeah. the government or you're lying. Like yeah. whatever. Yeah. But the bottom line is Jesus is not dependent mm. on the people he died for. Yeah. Jesus is not dependent on the people he died for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he loves us. Right. And he will gladly do great things through us. Yeah. But he doesn't need us. Right. Right. Like TBH. Yeah. <laughs> he he yeah. doesn't need us. Absolutely. Like regardless how now and and again, this is behind the scenes of the best day. So we're kind of talking about ministry. So regardless if a ministry sure. blows up and is doing awesome right. and there's talent and sure. gifting, did you know God doesn't need that? Mm. Like yeah. like anything that you have put on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. God actually doesn't need that individual. Right. Like God can accomplish his will totally. without that individual. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's just good to remind ourselves of that. Yeah. Because at least what we're talking about is sometimes people make their vows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're talking about in the lane of ministry. Now you may be listening and you may be of maybe making vows that, that you're like, okay, I need to bring awareness to it because it's kind of impacting a marriage, a relationship, a mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. Or, or maybe personal, mental, um, and emotional health, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. For us, we're talking about ministry, mm-hmm. but also kind of uh, personal things. Yeah. But I think that knowing that God's will will be accomplished. Absolutely. Because he's much bigger than any, any box that right. we put him into. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, every, every, vow and, and, and things that we are, we are making, bringing them to awareness and being like, okay, God, I need your grace. And I'm going to stop demanding perfection Mm -hmm. from myself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or from others. And, and, you know, like my value is based in your love for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. And, uh, anyways, so that's one thing that we wanted just to leave you with and encourage you with. And hopefully that you guys will now begin as you see things, you'll be able to see like, okay, what is the motive of what I'm doing? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of great things, but with a weird, there's a lot of beautiful homes, but with weird foundations, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and it's the foundations you never see, but you will always see the result of it as years and pressure and storms and weather happens to that house. You'll always see the result of, oh, I'm guessing the foundation was, was Mm -hmm, off mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or the foundation was strong. So it may not be the most glamorous house yet, but God always builds on a great foundation out of great motives. And like I I said I'm currently right now yeah like investigating a vow yeah so that doesn't mean that like you never get to a place to where you're like all right I have no more stones in my heart no. I have like yeah. it's a consistent thing until yeah. we die so let's confirm and just commit to like that daily um growth and and evolving of ourselves yes absolutely it's worth it it's worth it hey we love you guys thank you for listening to behind the scenes it's our best days we love you see ya